0: Hairs on
1: my body started standing on end.
2: Silence. Nothing there.
0: I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be of vital importance of
2: helping us convince the masses.
0: Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world.
1: Bridge to the other world.
0: Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is Jason Sapp. Jason is a hunter. He has had a Sasquatch experience in Southern Oregon. I don't know just how specific we're going to be about the location, but Jason is an experiencer and uh, I'm glad to talk to Jason today. Jason, welcome to Type 471. How you doing today, man? I'm good. Thank you, Sam. Good, good. And I'm always good when when it comes to talking Squatch, so, you know, that's cool. So, uh, wait, take us to the, to the very beginning of your encounter.
2: Okay. It was about seven, maybe nine years ago. Me and uh, a couple of buddies. It was during the early, it was during the late summer and, uh, we wanted to go out coyote hunting. We had a, uh, coyote, um, distress call. We were trying to call in coyotes because we were, uh, familiar with the area that we were hunting and where we are just, you know, just kind of just out having fun, you know, and, um, see if anything we can call in, call in. And it happened to be on uh, my birthday, which was, uh, a, uh, September 15th and so uh, we hiked we, were, we first of all we drove up to the uh, location this right up on our upper hills here in um, on the backside side of uh, Howard and um, we grabbed our our gear and you know set off and uh, we found a spot that maybe we could try calling some coyotes. Now, wasn't quite exactly on, you know, keeping track on time or anything because I did have, a, eventually it did have a deadline to get off the hill and come home because I was expecting some guests to hang out and, and um, possibly do some barbecue and stuff like that. We didn't call any coyotes in, and we were out for, you know, several hours anyway, yeah, about three about three hours or so. And we were probably maybe not quite a, about a mile from the truck. So we were heading back, and, and my buddy Matt and my buddy Eric were uh, up ahead of me as we're walking back to the truck. For some reason or another, I just happened, you know, I I'm, I'm I'm always keep aware of throughout my surroundings. Walk with, you know, see where your feet are going, look behind you, you know, and so on and so forth. And I just happened to uh, look behind me and about maybe 120 or so yards behind me, I just happened to look back and I saw, as it normally appears, to see a Sasquatch walking behind us towards the lake as we were heading back towards the truck. And my buddies were a little bit ahead of me, and when I got back up to the truck, I was just like to them, "You guys wouldn't believe what I saw if I told you, and they know that I don't stretch the truth, I don't lie, I just i tell the point, and I tell the truth and I thought that they, you know, they just, you know, laugh at me or, you know, or understand me. But I did have the opportunity, but I didn't. I I thought about it because I did have a gun in my hand. A shoot it, that have evidence, or B, I might be committing murder on someone in possibly a suit, just out messing with people's minds, but I knew that wasn't quite the case. So yeah, it, it stunned me for quite a while for about a week.
0: It is a stunning moment. I've experienced it myself. And I think it's very interesting that you chose that moment to turn around and look. It seems that something must have aroused your instinct to look. I wonder what that, what that was.
2: You know, I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know.
0: So when you saw the Sasquatch, what exactly did you see?
2: As far as description, it was hard to tell because he was quite far away from me, but about seven, you know, eight feet tall, completely hairy. I saw a little bit of his face, but I couldn't make out. Uh, he was, you know, the regular common color as like the uh, like the brown. And when I saw him, He was in his regular, you know, walking mode and just happened to look over to me. He turned his head like he knew I was there and then he continued walking and he happened to be walking down to the lake.
0: And that's a common Sasquatch behavior. They just turn and glance just enough to gather enough visual information. Uh, as they need to assess whether or not you're a threat, and then they keep on going. Uh, I, I experienced a similar Sasquatch glance when it just looked right over its shoulder at me, but it didn't retreat. It just uh, stayed where it was, uh, apparently having determined I was no threat to it. But yeah, that, that's and, and we see that in the Patterson-Gimlin film as well. Patty, she just looks right over her right shoulder, just long enough to glance, and then she keeps on going right about her way. And it sounds like the, the individual you saw did something very much like that. Am I understanding that correctly?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of almost what I'm thinking is, so it's almost kind of like I'm letting you know that I see you and you see me.
0: Right, right. Okay. So I know you didn't really get much visual information. Do you? Do you have any idea, any sense of nose, eyes, mouth, skin color, anything like that?
2: Uh, no, not 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 all the way to uh detail now.
0: Mm, okay. All right.
2: But yeah, like I said, he was quite a he was quite a bit of ways away
0: sure sure i mean you know seeing a sasquatch at all from any distance is extraordinary i mean it's like one of the coolest things ever i mean how cool do you feel that you got to experience this
2: i thought it was pretty cool
0: yeah
2: you know there's some i think not all of us can you know live our daily lives day in and day out you know and you know go to our nine to five jobs and come home and so on and so forth, and not experience anything out of the abnormal. But when you kind of get out and about and do something different every little bit now and then, you do and may possibly experience something you won't ever experience again.
0: Right. But then again, you can always try to experience it again. And the more you go out there with the right energy and approach the more uh you know you're increasing your chances of having another encounter and in fact it sounds like you're you're doing that these days uh do you do you want to continue now that you've had your sighting do you want to get into the investigative side of Sasquatch research
2: well I that day you know here was a couple uh, back in September um I did on that very day on the 15th I did try and reenact it right just to see what would happen but unfortunately, when I arrived up to the siding, it doesn't help and that there was previous or there was previous campers already up there and what were they doing? They were firing their artillery.
0: Are you referring to the day that you went up there with Casey Miller? Yes. All right. Well, yeah, that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, that tends to affect the Sasquatch and
2: exactly
0: uh, right. And all other animals.
2: Exactly. You know, just, you know, a nice, wonderful walk in the woods like it was that day.
0: Sure. Sure. But I saw your video and uh, it, the, the video made by Casey Miller about your excursion there. Even though it wasn't ideal, it wasn't an ideal time to see a Sasquatch, you were able to document a a number of interesting things like, you know, trees turned upside down and jammed into the ground upside down.
2: And that was a point that Casey pointed out to me that I've never really um, absorbed. How so? I just never, she has more experience, you know, out there, you know, uh, trying to document, trying to understand what they think and what, what not and the difference of uh, activity what they do out there
0: well you know we all have our various uh experiences and perspectives to contribute we all see different pieces of the puzzle and that's a really great thing that's why we all go out there and try to learn what each of us can because we contribute our little individual perspectives to the overall whole right right so casey has tons of stuff to offer. As a matter of fact, my listeners are familiar with Casey Miller and uh, they will certainly be hearing much, much more about her. Casey is doing lots of exciting stuff herself. I'm doing a lot of exciting stuff and she and I have teamed up to do very exciting stuff together. Casey Miller is the mastermind behind the Facebook group Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club. She is a an author and a field researcher and an experienced outdoors person, a very enthusiastic and passionate researcher. So she and Jason and I will be in the field in a few days. Will we not, Jason? Yes, we will. Cool. I'm
2: excited and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked on it. Are we going to that same spot?
2: Well, we can.
0: Wherever we go, it's going to be squatchy.
2: Exactly.
0: That's what we know so far. And we're going to keep everybody up to date about it. As a matter of fact, um, you can see uh, Casey Miller's video with Jason on the Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club YouTube channel. So just head on over to Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club YouTube channel and check out the video or head to the Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club Facebook group and join up. And you can see the video that way and you can check out all the amazing stuff going on. So, Jason Sapp, I look forward to seeing you in a few days and uh, thanks for being on Type 471.
2: All right. Well, thank you a lot, Sam. And I'm looking forward to it as well.
0: All right. Sounds good, brother. I'll see you soon.
2: Sounds good. All
0: right. Late. Next on Type 471, we're speaking with a Bigfoot witness who prefers to remain anonymous and who made some very interesting and important observations about the Sasquatch that he saw. How are you doing today? Doing all right. All right, cool. You've had quite some experiences, and I'd just like to start from the beginning and understand as much about that as I can.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I was 14. I was hunting with my dad and my grandfather. I mean, long story short, I was walking down a trail and bunch of deer were running down this ravine and i look up to my left and right down the road that we were just coming down and there's this thing sitting there just staring at me and uh i was 14 you know this is like 1994 or three or whatever uh and like i didn't even know what bigfoot was like there wasn't the internet back then or anything i mean like There wasn't, like, I didn't even know, like, I I knew there were deer in the woods, elk in the woods, bear, cougar, you know, like, coyotes. Like, I basically knew everything that was in the woods, and then here I am standing there, and all of a sudden, that's nothing, like, what is that? (laughs) So, yeah, it uh, scared the living shit out of me, so.
0: I should say so. First of all, where exactly did this occur?
1: It's a a hunting road outside of just up behind Toledo, Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's actually has it's actually behind a locked gate. It's been locked for like the last 12 or 15 years. Like a timber company owns it now, so they don't allow access. All right. And that's, you know, up there's where we had it, but yeah, it's been really really long time ago.
0: So when this thing was suddenly there, what exactly did you see?
1: Well, uh, the first thing I did was I looked over to my left and like, I looked and I'm like, what's that? And I lift up my binoculars and like, I, it was like a video game, you know, like I lift up the binoculars, like perfectly right onto its face. And I was just like, what in the hell am I looking at? And like, I just remember, like I started shaking and like all the, all the hair follicles on my bo- body stood up and I'm sitting there looking at, it. I'm like, what in the hell am I looking at? And I took down my binoculars to look again. And I put in, I looked down and it was gone. And I put my binoculars back up and it was not standing there anymore. Mm. It was just gone. And at that point I turned around. Cause I was like, shit, did it come this way? Like, you know, I'm, I'm 14 years old. <laughs> uh, so I turned around and like literally like levitated back up the hunting road. I had just walked down. I just ran out of there straight back to the truck. I just wanted to be at the truck. I don't know what, why, I don't know that, if it thought the truck was going to save me or what, but I just, I needed to be at the truck.
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, that's the safest place you can go in that situation. About how far away was it?
1: Uh, As a crow flies, it was probably about 80 to 100 yards, uh, probably maybe like 120, like, if you're walking. I was down in a little bowl of a canyon, and it was on the road, like, coming into the unit. And it was just, like, standing right at the very edge, like, right as the berm of the road, like, stopped. And it made a sharp corner to come into the unit. Like, it was standing, like, right there with its hand on top of the berm. And we'd just driven around that that corner. And, like, the top of the truck was, like, level with the top of the bank because I was sitting there looking for mushrooms. So, I mean, and, like, when I looked over there, like, its elbow or forearm or whatever, and hand was, like, its hand was kind of, like gripping the bank or whatever, but it was like on the bank with like its forearm. So like it was like forearm high enough to be on top of my grandfather's old, you know, jacked up pickup truck that we deer hunt in. So like whatever it, it I mean, it was very large. I mean, it was and it was just kind of standing there. And it was just like when I looked, it was staring directly at me. Cause I was watching a bunch of deer that were running down the hill. Cause like it was just right where we came from. And I thought it was kind of weird. But there here come these doe and it's two toehead or two fawns and they ran down the down this embankment that's like a reprod unit and they're bouncing in and around trees and everything and then they run into the deeper forest where you can't really see them and then they come back out and then they start going up the hill to where my dad is hunting like up at the top of the hill and uh or he's walking he's piggybacking the hill and uh right then I'm like, Oh, my dad always said, you know, bucks always follow does. So I, I, right then I looked up to my left and it was like standing right there, just staring at me. Like it knew I was there, but I didn't know it was there yet.
0: What can you tell me about its appearance, especially, well, everything, but I mean, you seem to have gotten a good look at the face. What did the face look like?
1: It was like sparsely covered hair, like on the direct face. And then like like, I guess, like, the hair and, like, the beard and everything was a lot thicker and denser. It was, like, a dark, like, like, a really deep, dark brown, almost like a black. Its face, like, it, it, its nose, like, it was kind of, like, an, like, almost like an ape-like type nose, but, like, it wasn't, like, all wrinkled up or anything, like, you know, like, most primates have on their face, how they're, the facial features are like wrinkled up it just like kind of looked you know like straight like a human face but like with a weird looking nose I mean really all I remember is its eyes because like it was like weird because like I don't know if it was like the way its sun was shining or whatever but it like its eyes like through my binoculars looked like they were like it had like a metallic like yellow glow to them and I was like because they were just like black and then all of a sudden they were just like yellow and metallic-y, and it was like, what the hell am I looking at? And that's when I took my binoculars down to look, to s- to see the whole animal again, and it was just gone. Jesus Christ. Sorry, my voice is shaking. My hair is standing up on my arms.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's emotional for you.
1: Well, it took me 27 years to tell my dad, and he was there that day. And my, gra- my grandfather died, and I never told him. My dad, like, I told him 27 years later, I was like, hey, you know the reason I quit hunting that year, and I never... Got out of the truck again the rest of that day well after watching all these bigfoot shows on tvs i saw a bigfoot dad and he was like what <laughs> like i swear to god like it was like like i always sat by the door because i always wanted to have the first shot if we came around the corner and there was a deer or something and like the rest of that day i sat bitch, i sat right in the middle of the truck it was like just a regular old uh 1970s ford f-150 and like i sat in the middle I didn't even get, there was a coyote about a mile down the road. I didn't get out and shoot it. Everybody wanted me to. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I was, and I didn't hunt again the rest of that season. It took me a while to like go back out in the woods. I remember my grand, my dad took me to shoot skeet after that. And I was like looking over my shoulders, shooting skeet. And I was like, like, what are you doing? Like you idiot. Like (laughs) you've been in the woods since you're three years old and you've never seen anything. You saw one thing one time. It doesn't mean that something's out to get you. So
0: i want to I want to go back to the nose for a minute. I, I think I understand some of the things you're describing about the nose, the, the wrinkliness of it. Uh, great apes tend to have what is called an open nose. Uh, their, their nose is open at the front, whereas humans have a hooded nose, hooded nostrils, yeah. meaning there's that flap of skin. Which would you say it, it, it fell into?
1: It would be more human-like. It looked like an actual nose than a primate nose.
0: Right, that's what I thought you were getting at. Okay. But it was
1: like, but it was like wide. It hmm. was like wider, like a you know, like a primate nose would be. It just looked more like a human nose. It wasn't like a skinny, pointy nose. It was like a, you know, like a wide, like and it. I mean, it looked like the nostrils were like big.
0: I I understand very much what you're saying. Uh, what color was the skin, and what color was the hair?
1: The hair, like I said, like on its face, I couldn't really tell if it was the same as the rest of its body, but it was like a really like, like dark brown, like to black. Oh, okay. And the skin color was like, you know, like a really tan skin, like someone down by the equator, like, you know, maybe like a Hispanic skin color or something like that. I'm basically transparent white, so not like mine.
0: Well that's very interesting and then to see the the yellow metallic look in the eyes contrasted to that that must have been quite something and on this human ape like face
1: that's what got me like
0: to where I was like
1: cuz it was just like it wasn't moving around but its face was kind of like it was almost like it was swaying and then like every once in a while like it would just catch the light to where it looked like like there was like a yellow like metallic sheen across it as it was looking at me and i was just like you know this whole encounter through the binoculars was less than you know 15 seconds but i feel like it was an eternity
0: uh those 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 moments tend to yeah they tend to feel I'm
1: glad i didn't raise my gun because normally my first instinct when i see his animal is raise gun shoot kill and that, i grab my binoculars and i don't even know why like that's just like and here's the thing like i bet 20 percent of the time i even hunt with binoculars most of the time i don't even pack them and i have like the world's best pair of binoculars that you could have i mean i have nikon's god lens and i never pack them with me like i and still i don't i mean i don't know why like they're in the truck just like i hardly ever take them with me well on that day they were my dad's old pair of Bosch and loms but yeah yeah i had binoculars or bushnell i think they actually were but yeah i had them with me that day yeah i i think because when i was walking down that hill or when i got out of the truck i noticed that there was a big hillside up to my right and i wanted to be able when i got down in the middle of that bowl to look up at
0: it it, it was your instinct to raise your binoculars rather than your gun at that point. Whereas that would usually not have been the case. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally it well normally I only have my gun. So it's the only thing I have to look through.
0: Oh, okay. I see.
1: But when I'm with, and I, I prefer to hunt by myself, but when I'm with people, I tend to pack binoculars because I don't like to look in the direction or where other people are hunting with a round, with a live round of my gun. When, if I have binoculars.
0: Sure. So I have sure. like binoculars. Right. I see. What angle away was he from you? I'm curious. I'm curious about how you first saw this being. I don't know if it was male or female, but I want to know if it was somewhere like it could have been close to your periphery and you might've registered it, registered it out of the corner of your eye without even realizing it. Was it like that or was it, no, it was farther outside no, of your field? of view.
1: It was here. I was watching deer run from the left of me across my vision to the right of me. And then when it got about halfway across my vision to my right, I went, Oh, dad always said the bucks chase the does. And I looked back to my left and literally made direct eye contact. Like uh. just nap, like, Oh shit, what is that? <laughs> and I remember I like, kind of stumbled a little bit cause I turned to face it. Cause I was standing, you know, facing straight and this was off to my left. And I turned to look and like, that's when I raised up my binoculars. You know, yeah, for the life of me, I don't even like remember where my gun was or anything during, I mean, it had to have been on my back the whole time, but like I said, my hunt, my hunting instincts kick in, but at never, no, at no point, once I saw that it was an animal did shoot that thing, go through my mind at all. It was more like, well, I know everything in the woods. What the fuck is that? Like this was not, I was not told whatever this is this year. Like this is nothing. And at 14 years old, you know, I'm in eighth grade. I'm not going to school and ask my friends, hey, any of you guys ever seen, like, anything weird in the forest that looks like... No, that... No, uh-uh. <laughs> that would have not been what I would have
0: done, so... <laughs> this experience just kind of came out of nowhere. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, and I kept it... Like I said, I didn't tell anybody... I told my dad 27 years later. I mean, I normally wouldn't mind at all. I have the attitude of, you call me a liar, I don't give a shit, fuck you. I mean, that... that, that I, I know what I saw that day. <laughs> I can... Describe it very adamantly, I- exactly how it happened. Like, and I know what I saw because I've literally stared directly into its eyes, like, <laughs> like deeply. I mean, now my kids have heard the story, so like my ten-year-old son's like, I don't want to go in the woods. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. I'm like, there's nothing in the woods that's gonna hurt you. Still, the mountain the friggin' cougar problems out of control up here. But other than that, there's one in my front yard less than a week ago. Yeah, I mean, we had one. 3.30 in the afternoon, we had a cougar in my, right outside my, my driveway. Just hanging out. Well, they logged off the entire mountain behind my house. The hill right behind my house, it's, they logged the whole damn thing. And ever since then, we've had like seven different bear in the neighborhood, two different cougar. There's deer everywhere. And it's because they literally like absolutely nubbed it. I mean, there's nothing left.
0: I, I can imagine the cougars uh, are a little desperate and trying to figure out where to go, what to do, looking for stuff. That doesn't seem too good. That's dangerous. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we called, everybody is in the neighborhoods called Fish and Wildlife, and uh, they basically said "You, it's your guys' fault. You guys have pets and garbage.
0: You're right there where uh, civilization and the wild just kind of intersect, and I guess the logging is kind of disturbing things, it sounds like
1: yeah cut like all the all the while i mean it was just like a you know 80 year forest behind the house they literally just cut it they completely clear cut it to nothing and it's as far as the eye can see now so all those animals have to go somewhere for cover now and my neighborhood has like 160 foot spruce and and fir trees all through it so and these big ravines in between neighborhoods so now they're just full of predators which is awesome.
0: Well, I wonder if that means that you're going to that they're going to be increased Sasquatch sightings in your area too.
1: Um, I don't know. I've never heard of anything like this close to the beach before. I mean, I'm sure they're like every other wildlife, I mean, I'm sure they go to saltwater to get rid of their t- fleas and ticks like, you know, like the elk and the deer and the bears do. I mean, I live right here at Ona Beach Corner and I mean, the bear and the elk go down and and go in the ocean like once a week because they got to go down there and get the parasites off of them. So, I'm sure at some point they do that as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Sasquatches who live on the coast, they, they thrive there. They take full advantage of the ocean. They, they use the, the seaweed. They get their uh, shellfish there. They get their iodine. They, they fish. You know, they, they love the ocean, the Sasquatches do. They're, they're in there all the time if they can help it. So uh, that was your only Sasquatch experience, I, I, I gather. You haven't had repeated experiences?
1: Um, well, I mean, I don't know what the other the, this other experience is, but about uh four years ago now I was hunting this road. Like I'd always walk up around this one area and then I'd go and sit on the stump that overlooked like this marsh, right? Because there's it's like a water a water source near the top of a mountain where there's not normally a water source. So I'd like to go sit up there and just hang out, you know, for like an hour and see if anything moved around. So I've been doing that three or four times and I went up there. And I come around the corner and here's my tree stump. But this time there's this big ass round flat rock sitting on top of it. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I like walk over next to it and I look at it and I'm like, why in the hell is there a rock sitting on my stump? There's all these other stumps are here, but on my stump there's this big ass rock sitting on it. And like, it's a big rock. I mean, it's not one that you could like sit on while it's there i mean but yet some for some reason it's sitting on the stump i'm like what the hell so i go like i'm like it's kind of messing with me so i was like "Hmm." so i walk back to the truck and one of my buddies named ken is there and i'm like hey man like yeah i was like come here with me and he's like why i was like well i I told him what's going on he's like what i was like yeah he's like all right. So he like turns around and we walk up the road together and come around the corner. And I'm like, see that stump right there? And he's like, yeah, I go see that rock sitting on it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you don't think that's fucking weird. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I was sitting on that stump two days ago and now there's a, you know, 120 pound rock sitting on it. Like, you don't think that's just fucking odd. And he's like, what, you can't move it. And I'm like, no, it's not that I can't move it. It's why is the rock on top of the tree stump? And he's like, well, somebody's fucking with you. And I'm like, so out of 50 tree stumps sitting up here, some hunter that we were the only rig parked anywhere near around this decided to fuck with me, pick up a honey hundred and twenty pound rock from look around. There's no rocks again, and walk it over and put it here on top of my fucking stump. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. He goes, there's probably rocks up here. So we for the first time ever, I kept walking up the road. And we walk around the corner of the road and here's this fucking giant cave on the right-hand side of the road. And I'm like, okay, good enough for me. And he's like, what? I'm like, well, what the hell lives there? And he had walked by it. He didn't even see it. Like this is because he's looking down in the ravine on the left-hand side. Cause I guess he's still hunting at that point. I'm like, Ken, turn around. And he turns around and I'm, he's like, what is that a bear den? And I'm like, dude, I don't know what it is, but if you'd like to go in and check it out, you go right ahead. I'll, you know, I'll cover you, but I'm not going in there like to hell with that because there were like markings on the outside of the cave where it it looked like something had like either rubbed or scratched next, next to the opening of the cave and I was like well that's fresh enough that there's nothing the dirt is freshly disturbed you know not within the day but within the week so something visit here and has marked its territory so and that was literally the last time I ever hunted that road and then right up about a mile away from that road my best friend and my dad Went out hunting one day when I was at work, and they found this road with all these giant bone piles, all these bones that had been twisted in half and all the marrow eaten out of them, like twisted and broken in half.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's a telltale like, sign. Huge,
1: huge, like huge piles of bones. And my dad, like who has literally lived in the woods since he's like tw- 20 months old, like who you couldn't scare if you tried and did the worst shit on earth. Mm -hmm. my best friend recalls it very well. He goes, yeah, your dad, Mr. Stoic. He goes, all of a sudden I'm standing there and he looks down, he starts digging around in this bone pile and stands straight up, looks at me, grabs his Glock off his hip and jacks one in and puts it back on his hip. And he go, and, and just looked at me. And I'm like, what'd you say? He goes, um, excuse me, I've hunted with you for five years and you've never ever once put one in the chamber of your handgun before what, what the fuck's going on? And he goes, I don't know, but I recommend you put one in your chamber too. Hmm. You know, and I, I hadn't told my dad the story yet. So he didn't like they, He didn't have any outside influences. Cause I still hadn't told him the story at that point, hmm. but, but, uh, there, and it's, it's a road that we drive by constantly cause he always wants to stop there. And Mark Mark is my buddy's name. Mark's always like, Nope, I'm good. I'll sit in the truck. And I'm like, well, I don't need to go look at a pile of bones because there's no hunting on that road. They were walking it to see what it was one day and uh ended up n- not being a very good hunting road to begin with and uh something very large with the ability to twist bones lives up that area so
0: Indeed, yeah, and the marshiness that you mentioned is a very important factor there. What time of year was this?
1: Is hunting season's October here. It runs from October 3rd to like October or November, like fifth, I think.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought we were talking about. In certain months of the year, uh, like in if, from the summer to fall, they they tend to be in the in the higher marshy areas. And that cave and the the bones, yeah, I mean that was Sasquatch habitat for sure. and that rock, I mean, I'm willing to bet you uh were interacting with a Sasquatch. He was trying to tell you something.
1: Well, I I, I refuse to communicate back because. Like, uh, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, there's no way in hell a hunter saw me up this road because we're, like, we're the only people parked here, right? Like, there's no no back way into this. It's literally a moss-covered old cat road from 30 years ago, okay? And it goes into the tallest, most old-growth timber you've ever seen in your life. Looks like Jurassic Park. That's why I wanted to go up there and hunt because you can see underneath the timber. One of the rare places up here where you can see under the timber because there's not a lot of underbrush. And like I'm walking back going, okay, so we walked that road up another 150 feet. There were no rocks up there. There's no rocks, you know, big rocks down by the road or anything. Somebody would have had to have packed 120 pound rock which it could have been 170 pound rock i'm just trying to guess by the size of it from a mile away to fuck with me i mean (laughs) that's that's dedication i mean
0: that's what i was wondering like how far were the how near were the closest large rocks like that i never found them Huh?
1: like i never found them like i never found where a large rock would be like like, it either was, like, just a random one that was, like, over on a hillside, or it dug it out of a hillside, or I don't, I don't know, honestly, like, because there are no rocks. I mean, the berms up there are all made out of small, and here's the thing, like, all the rock up there is crushed rock for the roads, for the culverts, everything. Like, it's just different sizes. This fucking boulder was perfectly, round, like, almost perfectly round, but not tall. It was kind of, like, flattened. Like, it was a flat, round, big-ass rock. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, like, when you see in a river. Right. You know, it looked like a river stone, but, like, a huge-ass river stone. Mm-hmm. Like, enough to where when I walked around the corner instantly, I, would like, grab my gun and was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, someone's here. Someone lives here. Like, what's going on? Like, I pissed somebody off. Somebody knows. Somebody's watching me. That's what I don't like because then I started looking for trail cams. Because like if somebody's fucking watching with me and somebody's what messing with me like I'm going to find out where these cameras are. I'm going to go take them and then he can come talk to me and I can find out why he's leaving this camera in the woods overnight and why he's filming me because this is bullshit. And, you know, I don't think anybody else honestly goes up that road because literally it's just walking up the piggyback. And then if you don't want to put in serious work, you can't hunt the side that you can see under the timber unless you make your own path. You know, so I don't think I've never seen another truck parked there before. I just walked at one time to see what was going on. And all of a sudden I heard a water source and I was like, oh, hey. This might be good for elk season, so I started checking it out every once in a while, especially during mushroom season because it's a really good mushroom area,
0: sure. and uh okay, so you you had seen that stump two days before you said, so uh, and at that point, there was no rock on it. So had you been camping in the area in the intermittent two days, or had you left the area and come back?
1: Well, I left the area. I mean, I live probably from that hunting spot twenty five miles away. I mean, I don't. I don't hunt to. I don't camp to deer hunt.
0: Right. Okay. And what? I camp
1: to elk hunt. But I don't camp to deer hunt.
0: Gotcha. And was this a different general area from the first incident, or kind of in the same oh, general area? No. My,
1: from where my encounter happened, it was up behind Toledo, Oregon, and this is out behind Walport, Oregon. So um, there's two rivers between between those areas: the Alsea and the Uquina.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I live in Siskiyou County and I'm a recent arrival to this area. So I'm still working on all of my Oregon geography. I don't know exactly where everything, oh. everything relates to everything. I was born in Oregon, but I didn't, I didn't, I haven't lived in the area much throughout my life. So I'm, I'm still getting used to every, to where everything is. I want to go back to something really quick. Um, the eyes, uh, is is there was it in any way similar to what you've seen in the eyeshine shine of other animals? I mean, was it completely different? No, no, it was it was completely different. I've
1: never seen another animals look metallic, like it looked metallic. Like that's the only I've like it it wasn't like a solid sheen. It looked like um way to describe it um kind of like a checker or you know that movie Pixels.
0: Uh, you ever seen that i don't believe i saw it no
1: i I have a kid anyway okay so i mean they look kind of like you know like it almost like it was like pixelated but it was like metallic and it was just like it was just like when the sun caught it a certain way i think i mean i don't know that's what i was telling myself yeah because that's why i was staring at it so intently because i was just like what is going on this thing is like looking through my soul right now and its eyes are like what is going on here like
0: pixelated that is interesting so you could see little textures in the eye shine it sounds like
1: well yeah it was kind of like it was like it was kind of like shining but it wasn't like you know like when an eye shines it's like a solid piece you, you know it's like you just see the eye shine right but it wasn't like one solid piece it was like when it like turned it was like it was like i i yeah it was like I, yeah it was like pixelated kind of i guess i don't I don't know how else to, it was like checkerboarded, but it was like, I don't know. It it was all, it was just like this, like metallic like yellow. And I just remember it had like deep black eyes is what it looked like. But when it caught it, like when the sun caught it just weird or however it was, it was like this yellow, like metallic sheen. I, I don't know how else to describe it.
0: Weird. I've never,
1: I've never seen it before. I've never seen it again. I don't,
0: I don't, yeah, I have no that is so fucking cool. <laughs> I, I I mean, I know that this was quite a, a an experience for you, but like I'm thinking that little detail is amazing. That that could actually be really important. That could help us learn a lot and I'm all about that. Yeah, I just I have
1: no idea what the hell was going on, but I mean, it was like Yeah, it was like yeah, I was just I I don't know how to describe it to be honest with you. I mean, it was like I don't know. It, its eyes were like alive. I don't know. Like other than just actually being alive, it was like, they were like, it was like, it was moving. Like it's like, its eyes were like, I don't know.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, I can appreciate how, how it would defy description, but I think you've, you've done an, a, you know, a pretty damn good job anyway. Um, shit. Well, I'm gonna have to I don't know. I'm holding on to that little bit of information. I don't know what to do with it yet, but I'm holding on to it. Um, I have noticed this pattern among people who uh who who have Sasquatch encounters and particularly who have repeated Sasquatch encounters, they they tend to be people who have had experience across a broad spectrum of paranormal phenomena. Uh, and sometimes it includes uh, you know, ghost or or spirit interactions. Sometimes um, uh, UFO extraterrestrial interactions. So I, I I was wondering, is there anything else that you've experienced aside from Sasquatch in this general paranormal area?
1: Um, yeah, but like I don't really want to talk about that at all. Um, it happened when I was 18 years old in Central Oregon. And my best friend was with me and we both swore that we'd never tell the story. I, I, and I don't, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't even know what to think about it or anything. And the story is just like, I don't know. I don't like thinking about it. Cause I still like looking up at night. I love looking at the stars. Like, and my daughter like, likes looking at that stuff and everything now. And like, I just try to block out that it even happened. So, like, I don't, I don't really like reliving that moment. I don't know. Maybe when I'm down the road and older or something. But let's just say that I definitely have seen something that I cannot explain in the night sky.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that is fascinating. And I respect, you know, your, your whole stance on the matter. Um, but I, I thank you for telling me as much as you did about that.
1: Well, I mean, for one, I'd have to get my best friend's permission because literally, like, we swore that we would never tell that story. So.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, it sounds really important. So, I mean, if you and your best friend uh, want to come together about that, and then if you're, if you're interested in talking to me after you two uh, square that away, then that would be great because, you know, I'm, I'm all about finding the truth the truth of things and, and, and learning about people's experiences is a big part of doing that. So, you know, if you decide to do that, I would love to hear about it.
1: All right. All right, cool. I don't know. Maybe I'll feel more comfortable or something at some point. I'm not sure. But... For sure. I can't go telling stories. I haven't even told my parents yet. I mean, <laughs> literally, I haven't ever told anyone that except like that story, except for my wife. And he has to, ex- he has to expect going to tell my wife. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I'm glad you, you know, confided in somebody and, um, well, all right, well, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Well, you she
1: had her there. own experience too. So <laughs> on a farm in Phyllis, <laughs> so.
0: Oh, well, it, anyway, well, if she's interested in talking to me, you can always give me her number. I'd, I would love to hear about it. Okay. All right, great. I'll, uh, I'll probably be reaching out to pick your brain a few more times, but, uh, thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah, no problem. Check out Type 471 Podcast wherever you like getting your podcasts. And check out the Type 471 Podcast YouTube channel. Each of the videos includes all media associated with each episode. If you want to email me your encounters with the extraordinary, you can do so at type471podcast at gmail.com. And if you love Bigfoot, be sure to visit the Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club Facebook group, headmastered by Casey Miller. I co-admin the group along with Casey, and I hope to interact with you there about all things Bigfoot related. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.